0: So as you saw in that video clip, Hebrews chapter 12, it's a scripture we are referencing this Sunday as we're doing our Heaven series on Sunday, as well as in Faith in the Morning this week, which is our daily podcast, our daily devotional that goes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and YouTube. And so we were going through this and seeing how many times Paul and other writers use the analogy of running the race. And one of the things that was big then and still big today were Olympic Games. And there were different, just like today, we have track meets that are part of Olympic Games. They had it then. And you know everybody's mind is on the Olympics right now because they're going on. Even though it's going on in Tokyo, everybody's talking about Olympics, about what this athlete did, what this athlete didn't do. It is on the minds and mouths of every single person that cares about those type of things. It is something that is on our minds. So it's perfect time to compare to what the scriptures say about running the race, and when we talk about victory, because of this idea of victory and being over, an overcomer, as we talked about on Sunday, that phrase to be an overcomer is talking about someone who has an athletic victory. So every Olympian, every champion, every person who medals would be considered, in New Testament Greek, an overcomer, a victor. And that's what God has called you to be. And I encourage you, if you missed that message, go back to Sunday and watch it on our Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Faith Plus. It will encourage you. Let's go today to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 19. I want to show you something. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 19. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 19. Look what it says here. For though I be free from all, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law, as without the law, be not without law to God, but under the law to Christ. That I may gain them that are without the law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made... I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know you not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain. I want you to keep this in your mind, this entire message tonight. Run that you may obtain. Or we would say today, run that you'll win. Go ahead, put that in the chat. Say run so that you win. Come on put that in the chat say run so that you win come on put it in the chat say out the loud say run so that you will win and every man that strives for the mastery is temperate in all things now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown but we do it that's what he's implying for an incorruptible crown so he's talking about how the champions today they get medals but back in there they were different crowns that were given to them for those who became the Olympic champions of those days, he says, they do it to do a, a crown that's corruptible, which means it will fade away, it will deteriorate, it will rot. It doesn't last forever. He says, but we're doing the things we're doing so that we can receive a crown as a reward that lasts forever, an everlasting, eternal crown. Now Paul gets personal. He says, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly so uh, so fight I, not as one who just boxed in the air, beating in the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I've preached to others, I myself should be a castaway, or found to be counterfeit, or found not be living what I'm believing and preaching. What I want to do, there's so many things to look at here in this passage, and we will go get into all tonight. But the phrase I want you to see is, run that you may win. What are you running to win? The prize. You know, Paul talks about this even more. Let's go to Philippians chapter three. Run that you may win the prize. This word prize, which we'll see here in Philippians 3, is the award to the victor in the games. Metaphorically, is used in Scripture of the heavenly reward for Christian character. The prize is the award to the victor in the games. Back then, it was a crown. Today, it would be the Olympic gold medal, the silver medal, the bronze medal. It's the award to the victor in the games it's a prize. It is metaphorically describing the heavenly reward for a Christian character. Notice a prize is a reward, not a gift. Put that in the chat. Say the prize is a reward, not a gift. Come on, put that in the chat. Say the prize is a reward, not a gift. We're gonna go through a lot of scriptures tonight, so I hope you have your Bible or your device handy. We're going through tons of scripture tonight. The prize is a reward, not a gift. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Let's look what it says here. Paul says, Brethren, I count not myself to apprehend it, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto the things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul says, I press toward the mark. Why? For the prize. Of the high calling of god in christ jesus once again the prize is the award given to the victor today it would be our gold silver bronze medal back then it was a crown it's the heavenly reward of christian character once again the prize is a reward not a gift so why do you keep emphasizing this go to ephesians chapter 2 verse 4. tonight we're going to talk about gifts and rewards gifts And rewards. Go to Ephesians chapter two, verse four. So Earlier this week, I was thinking about, you know, where do I take the message on Wednesday? And you know, i praying out what am I supposed to preach on Sunday and taking time to pray and think and meditate on these things. And, you know, as I was thinking and planning for the rest of the series, and because the series is still several weeks left on our series about heaven, I was thinking, oh, you know, it might be a good day to do on a Sunday or on faith in the morning, do a Q&A, and allow people to send, submit their questions about heaven and either on a Sunday or a Wednesday or doing faith in the morning, answer the questions people submitted. So I was considering those things and thinking on those things. And then I received an email. An email from one of the congregants asking about questions about what I preached the past two Sundays. It was a great email, and when they re- and I replied to them, and said thank you so much for your questions. I love receiving questions. And I said you have questions about things we preach, or what we are teaching, or other questions or things you want to know. I encourage you email us at FCCGA.com. I may not be able to respond immediately or quickly, but I will respond as quickly as I'm able to. So I answer their different questions and I thank them. I said I'll share more about it probably on Wednesday and Sunday and throughout this series, but. Their question falls in this category of gifts and rewards. And so I wanna share more with you today so you have a further understanding and clarity. There are gifts and there are rewards. Those are two different things. And so whenever we do our Q&A for this series, I'll let you know. And with that, well, so expect, save up your questions. Some of them will answer. You can email them now, of course, but some of them will answer in this series and some of them will answer on that special time allotted near the end of this series. Ephesians chapter two verse four, familiar scripture to so many of us. It says, "But God, who is rich or abundant and overflowing in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we are dead in sins, He has quickened us together and made us alive together with Christ. By grace you are saved, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus." For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Say, it is the gift of God. Put it in the chat. Say, it's the gift of God. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. There are gifts and there are rewards. There are gifts and there are rewards. These are two entirely separate categories. There are gifts and rewards on earth, and there are gifts and rewards in heaven. Salvation is a gift we receive through faith. Salvation is a gift we receive through faith. We can't work for salvation. We cannot earn salvation because if we could, we could boast about it. But we can't boast about it. It's a gift we receive through the channel of faith. Go to Romans chapter 3. Let's look more about this. Romans chapter 3. There are gifts and there are rewards. There are gifts and rewards on earth, and there are gifts and rewards in heaven. Let me make this even clearer. There are gifts and rewards that God gives on earth, and there are gifts and rewards that God gives in heaven. Romans chapter 3, verse 19. said, so we're going through a lot of scripture tonight. Romans chapter 3, verse 19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it says to them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may be guilty, become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall be no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. By now, But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by or through faith, of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation, which means atoning sacrifice through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believes in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law of works? Nay, but the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. Our justification came through grace. Our justification, us being made the righteousness of God, us being declared not guilty, came through through grace. It was part of the gift we received by faith. We did not earn our justification. We did not earn our righteousness. It was part of salvation. It was a part of the gift of God we received through the channel of faith. When we were saved, we were born again. We were made recipients of the grace of God. We were made heirs of salvation We were made new creations in Christ Jesus. We were made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Heaven became our eternal more. And so much more happened when we received the gift of salvation. This was all part of God's wonderful gift to us that we received by faith. Notice the emphasis I keep putting on gift, gift, gift. We couldn't work for it. We believed and we received. It is a gift. You can't work for salvation. You cannot earn salvation. All those things I just listed were gifts that were received by faith when we were saved, when we were born again. It is not a wage or reward for anything that we have done. It was grace. It was a gift received by faith. In the same way, access and residency in heaven, or as I shared on Sunday, heaven belonging to you is a gift from God. It came not because you deserved it, but because you received God's gift through faith. That's why heaven belongs to you. That's why you have a mansion in heaven. That's why you have access to heaven, and so much more. It came when you were born again, when you are saved, when you received that gift of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, when you were made the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So there are gifts, but there are also rewards. We saw that a little bit when we looked at the beginning of this message, but let's go further. Go to Matthew chapter 6. Let's look what Jesus had to say. Matthew chapter 6. As I said, there are gifts and rewards that God gives on earth, and there are gifts and rewards that God gives in heaven. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Jesus said, Take heed or pay attention that you do not your alms or given to the poor before men, to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when you do your alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when you do alms, let not your left hand know what your right hand do, does, that your alms may be in secret. That your Father, which he sees in secret, Himself shall reward you openly. One thing God has no problem with you being reward-minded. If He had a problem with it, Jesus would never preach this message. Here's something I want to see from the first four verses. When you study the Bible, when you study the messages preached, this is a message Jesus preached. Look at the artistry and the skill of Jesus while he's preaching. It is comparison and contrast. He is pointing to an example that everyone in that crowd has seen before. He says, hypocrites. And we say the word hypocrite, that word hypocrite means the actors. So he says, the actors in the synagogue. They sound a trumpet, they make a big noise when they're about to give to the poor. And so everybody's attention is drawn to them as they give to the poor. They give to the poor people. It's like, oh man, they're so pious. They're so religious. They're so generous. And she said, that is their reward, the attention and the praise of people. That's their reward. That's why they did it for. Look, Jesus is also talking about attention. They do it, he said in verse one, to be seen of them. They're not doing it because God said it. They're not doing it because it's right. They're not doing it because they want to be generous. They're not doing it because, you know, they're, you know, moved in a certain way that that this is what I should do because I really feel bad. That's not why they did it. Why are they doing it? Why? It says in verse one, to be seen of them, right? So they get their reward. They're seen. And so he compares, but when you do it, don't make a big show of it. Just do it. Now this is that every time you give to the poor, do you have to, no one knows what you're doing. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about don't make a show. Don't be compared. Don't do what the the pharisees the sadducees are doing don't do that you do it for the right reason because god said so or you just want to be generous whatever is moving in your heart at that time now there are just for sake of clarity and from what we see in the rest of scripture there are times when you should be generous in public to the poor in front of people one you have kids you should be generous from the why you're teaching your kids to be generous you're not making a show of it but you're setting an example for your children to follow There's sometimes we do things as a church because other churches learn from us. That will post, hey, this is what we're giving here. We're partnering with this organization to be a blessing. And what does it do? It encourages other churches to do the same thing so that mission goes forth. So not all giving has to be in secret. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. He is talking about, don't be like the actors. Have the right reason, have the right motive to do what's right. And when you do that, you have a reward from your father. Now notice, he's not saying that reward is in heaven. This is an earthly reward. He says, if you do this rightly, God will reward you openly. Just like the people who, remember, he's comparing it to the actors who get their reward to be seen of people. And that's why they did it. God will reward you in front of everybody. They're going to see God's reward on your life. This is a reward, not a gift. Why? This is based off of something you did, not something you received by faith. This is based off of an action you did rightly. And because you did that action, you have a reward. Notice what it says in the next verse. And when you pray, you should not be as the hypocrites or the actors are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. So they pray that way to be seen. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. What is that reward? Being seen of others. But when you pray, enter into your closet. And when you have shut the door, Pray to your Father who is in secret, that your Father who's in, who which sees in secret shall reward you openly. Now, does that mean every time you pray you have to be locked in closet somewhere? No, the Scripture tells us that you can pray anywhere and pray at different times and in public and all these other things. But Jesus is making a comparison for the sake of the motive and the intent of your heart. Don't pray publicly so people can be impressed by your prayer and say, "Oh man, they really can pray." Did you see how they put all those words together? Man, they man they can pray. Jesus, don't do that because your reward will be people saying, man, they can pray. But for those who want the reward of God for being prayer people, prayer warriors, pray with the right motives and do it for the right reasons and you'll have a reward from God on this earth openly in front of others. So Jesus continues to go on. And one of the things to see here, because there's so much more we can go into, is their rewards. Those things were not gifts. They were rewards. How many of you can see that? Go ahead and put it in the chat if you can see that. Those things Jesus just talked about in these first six verses of Matthew 6, they're not gifts, they're rewards. to just go back a chapter, Matthew chapter 5. This is all one long sermon Jesus is preaching. Look at verse 10. You know, because you know, first people call the first several verses of this chapter the Beatitudes, and it's the Sermon of the Mount. And one of the things you'll see when you go through these 10 verses, I won't do it tonight for the sake of time, that some are rewards. For the future. Some are rewards for now, and some are the answer to what the person is going through. And so notice what it says in verse 10: Blessed are you, or blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The answer for the persecution is the kingdom of heaven. And of course, we saw Mark chapter four and others as we taught on that how to respond and deal with persecution. Now the answer is the kingdom of heaven. Now to provide further clarity, when in the scriptures you see kingdom of heaven, that's a phrase Matthew loves to use. It's a synonymous term we see elsewhere in other gospels, the kingdom of God. Also Paul uses that same terminology. Kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God sometimes can refer to heaven itself. But a lot of times, it doesn't refer to heaven. It refers to God's method of operation. It refers to God's power. It refers to how God does what he does. Because it says when, when you're born again, the kingdom moves on the inside of you. God's way of doing things moves on the inside of you. God's power moves on the inside of you. And so when you look here, you have to see, well, what is it talking about? This is the answer to the persecution. This is why he say you're blessed. Why? You have the kingdom of heaven. You can deal with this persecution. You can endure it, and you can overcome it. Then he goes on and says, blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. Notice that, falsely. Come on, put that in the chat. Say falsely. For my sake, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward. Where? In heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. So now you see here, there are rewards you can lay up in heaven. And this reward is not a gift. It is a reward because you responded rightly to persecution. That you did what was right. People turned on you, but you still kept doing what's right. And you chose to rejoice. Here's the reason why you rejoice and you're glad. You have a great reward in heaven. Notice it's not a gift. It's a reward. Let's get down a little bit. Let's go to uh, verse 43. Jesus said, you have heard that has been said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the children of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Don't even the publicans do the same. And if you salute your brethren only, what do you have more than others? Don't the publicans do the so? So be ye perfect or be mature, even as your father who is in heaven is perfect. There's reward for forgiving by everybody of everything. There's reward for loving people who have done you wrong. See, it says it this way in Luke chapter six thirty-five: But love your enemies and do good and lend hoping for nothing again and your reward shall be great. And you shall be the children of the highest for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. This reward is not talking about it's only in heaven. Because it doesn't say in heaven or on earth. This is a reward that's going to apply on earth and in heaven. Let's go to Matthew chapter 10. We're still looking at gifts and rewards. Come on say gifts and rewards. Go ahead and put it in the chat. Gifts and rewards. Two separate categories. Matthew chapter 10, let's look at verse 40. Notice what Jesus says here. He that receives you, receives me. And he that receives me, receives him that sent me. He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give a drink unto one of these little ones, a cup of cold water, only in the name of a disciple, very I say unto you, he shall no wise lose his reward. Now, let's look at these verses. Receiving a prophet or receiving a righteous person. Now, it's not receiving. It's like, okay, I'm going to listen to what you say. It has the context of hospitality. Receiving them with a welcome. Remember how crucial hospitality was to that time, with to that part of the world. That, okay, you're receiving them. That means you're going to feed them. That even means if yeah, you means, you're going to wash their feet. You are receiving the welcome. You are being generous. You are being a blessing to them. You're being hospitable to them. And Jesus, you just receiving them and welcoming them, being hospitable to them, blessing them, you're going to get the same reward the prophet gets for fulfilling his assignment. You'll get the same reward the righteous man gets for fulfilling his assignment because you bless them and help them fulfill their assignment. He even says if you give to one of these little ones, these little kids, These kids in kids' world, a cup of cold water just because of the disciple. Why are you giving it? Hey, they belong to Jesus. I want to be a blessing. He says, you will get a reward too. So notice, this is not a gift. It's a reward. It's based off of what you did for the prophet, the righteous man, and the disciple. It's not a gift. It's a reward. How many can see where I'm going? Go with me to Matthew chapter 20. Look at verse 8, Matthew chapter 20, verse 8. There are gifts and there are rewards. And Jesus in this parable is talking about the vineyard and people working in the vineyard. People have been hired to do different assignments in the vineyard. And when he's ending the parable, he says in verse 8, So when the evening or the evening time was come, the Lord of the vineyard said unto his steward, Call the laborers and give them their hire beginning from the first onto the last. That word hire also means reward. So the same reward we've been looking at. Now, you don't give someone a reward or a hire or you know a paycheck as a gift. What is a paycheck for? Based off of work, based off of labor. Same thing with a reward. So it's given to the laborers, their hire, their reward. It's based off of the work they did. It's not a gift. He just said, now pass out gifts. It's not a bonus. It's not a gift. It's like, hey, it's Christmas. I just want to give everybody who works your gifts. That's not what it is. This is based off of the reward, the work they did that day. It is the reward for their labor. It is their paycheck. And Jesus comparing this to when we all stand before him and we receive our rewards. And their rewards, when you study for the scripture, there are rewards for the work of God you do on earth, you get rewards on earth, and you get rewards in heaven. But notice, it's not a gift, it's a reward. Not everything you receive from God is a gift. Some things you receive from God are rewards. Go ahead and put that in the chat. This is a good thing to meditate on. Not everything you receive from God is a gift. Some things you receive from God are rewards. Not everything you receive from God is a gift. Some things you receive from God are rewards. Let's look what Jesus said in John chapter four, verse thirty-four. John chapter four, verse thirty-four. If this is bringing clarity to anyone out here, go ahead and comment so I can know. John four, verse thirty-four. Jesus said unto them, "My meat is to do the will of Him that sent me, and to finish His work." Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then comes a harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reaps receives wages, and gathers fruit unto eternal life. For both he that sows and he that reaps may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one sows, and another reaps. I sent you to reap that whereon you bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and you are entered into Their labors. Now, Paul's going to build on this concept and this thought. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 7 So then, neither is he that plants anything, neither he that waters, but God that gives the increase. Now, he that plants and waters are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Every person that lives for God will receive a reward based off of their work. This is in addition to the gifts you receive from God, the wonderful gifts you've already received on this earth, and the wonderful gifts you receive in heaven. There are still rewards. Notice what Paul continues to go on. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds thereon. But let every man take heed or pay attention how he builds thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than what is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If a man's work abide, which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If a man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Notice what Paul is talking about. He is now not talking about just stuff on earth. He's talking about your heavenly reward you receiving a reward from God. He talked about all the things we do. Some are gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, and stubble. But when that fire is applied, the wood, hay, the stubble, they burn up. They don't exist anymore. But the gold, silver, and precious stones are even purified. They're made more valuable. And he says, based on how you live, you can get before God. And when the fire goes forth on what you did, you have nothing left to show. You're saved as by fire. You're saved as someone who escaped a fire. You're alive. You're saved. You didn't get burned up. But you have nothing to show for your life. You still have the gift of eternal life. You still have your heavenly mansion. You still have all the other wonderful gifts God has given you for for eternity. But you don't have a reward. He says, every man shall receive a reward if your work remains. So we'll get into that. How does your work remain later in the series? But if your work remains or your work abides, you shall receive a reward. So say with me, say, if my work remains, I shall receive a reward. Put that in a chat. Say, if my work remains, I shall receive a reward. One more time. Say, if my work remains, I shall receive. A reward. Praise God. Let's keep going. Let's begin to bring it to a close for the second time. Talking tonight about gifts and rewards. Go to 2 John chapter 1, verse 8. 2 John, verse 8. Notice what this apostle of love, as we call him, said. Look to yourselves, that we lose not the things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Look to yourselves. What was all purpose? So that we receive a full reward. The New Living Translation says it this way. Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you receive your full reward. We'll read it one more time. Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you receive your full reward. That lets you know it's possible not to receive a full reward. Remember, gifts and rewards. It's possible to stand before him and not receive your full reward. As Paul even shared, it's possible stuff you do not even to remain when you stand before him. I don't know about you, but I want... The full reward. Go with me to Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. Begin to bring this to a close. Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. There are gifts and there are rewards. Notice what Jesus said in verse 12. And behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Notice it's not talking about gifts. Salvation is a gift. Your justification is a gift. You being born again, be made a new creation in Christ Jesus, being heaven your home, that's a gift. The reward is based off of the work. My reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. You know, one of the things we looked at this past Sunday we looked at Revelation chapter two and three, when Jesus was talking to the seven churches, he was talking about heavenly rewards, not gifts. He said to the one who overcomes I will give this. To the one who overcomes, I will give that. To the one who overcomes, I'll give this. The rewards. Not everything you receive from God is a gift. Some things are reward, which is why some people receive some things and some people will not. Not everything is a gift. Some things are reward. And don't be jealous because someone receives a reward that you don't receive. It's just because they put in the work that you weren't willing to put in. There are gifts and there are rewards. As we looked at in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 earlier. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives a prize? So run that you may obtain. Run that you may win. Or as we talk about tonight, run that you may receive the reward. Live in a certain, certain way that you receive the reward the full reward, as John says, that you receive the reward that Jesus has for you. Let's close in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. I hope this helped you tonight. Hebrews chapter 12. We looked at at the beginning of the message. We'll close it out with this. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed or surrounded about what's so great a cloud of witnesses, let's lay aside every weight and the sin which so, so easily beset us And let us run with patience or run with endurance. The race is set before us. Why are we running? So that we can win the prize. Why are we running? So we can get the reward. Why are we running? So we can do everything God has called us to do. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We'll get into that later. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising and thinking little of the shame and is set down at the right hand of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. So the days you get tired while you're running and working for the reward and doing everything God has called you to do while you're doing all of these things. look at Jesus. Don't compare yourself with somebody else. Don't look at somebody else's race. So talk about in faith in the morning. keep your eyes on Jesus and it's like the hymn. Look full into his wonderful face. And as you do, the things of earth will grow strangely dim. And the light of his glory and grace. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word, the encouragement, the clarification of how we can live in this life. Help us not to be hearers of the word only, but be doers, so we can be blessed in our doing. And we can receive the rewards you have for us on earth, and the rewards you have for us in heaven, we gratefully receive every gift you have for us on earth and heaven. But so we're also interested in receiving the rewards you have for us on earth and in heaven. Help us apply this individually and in our family life and all that we do. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>